Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, why is it important that brands are still building NFTs during a bear market? We'll get into some of that. First, how's it going? I feel like anything new or interesting in your wallet? Did you pick up any any Super Bowl picks? <laughs> uh, you know, I actually tried to claim a Super Bowl NFT during a commercial, but it was a uh, giant fail. You know, if it, it did go to the Twitter site, but if it had been the old days, I feel like it should have uh, should have given me the fail well. I'm not sure. Did you see the the Digi commercial, George? Uh, yeah, along with the other billions of people that saw it, I, I feel like DigiDaiku could have listened to our podcast about, I don't know, any of the ideas we had for making a successful NFT podcast, which weirdly enough didn't include sending people to a Twitter profile. Right, yeah. So I, I heard that it was only <laughs> only about 99% of the people that, that got this QR code um, were sent to the Twitter profile of... of uh, Gabrielle Layden is the uh, the CEO of Limit Break. He picked up about two hundred thousand followers for you know for the price of six point seven million. You know, <laughs> you know they should have charged him six point nine, knowing it was a crypto thing. Just realized, but you know they how should've. close they were anyway. But yeah, this was uh, uh, looks like just a giant fail. Uh, sounds like, or I didn't see, but I guess the the link for the NFT claim was actually posted before the commercial went out. So most of the NFTs were actually claimed before the QR code was even uh, televised on the commercial. And uh, yeah, nobody that was watching seemed to understand, or few people that were watching seemed to understand it. And then even fewer had a chance to ever claim this thing. So that did not end up in my wallet. And otherwise, uh, yeah, been, been pretty quiet. How about you? What have you picked up recently? Hold on, I just... I feel like I just have to play the math game here for you. Uh, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, costs for that thirty-second spot seven million. Okay. Yeah, you want to uh, give us the number what for two hundred thousand followers, right? That was thirty-five dollars per follower. For the record out there, uh, Twitter followers are worth roughly thirty cents ish, maybe depending on how and who, but. Uh, I'm just saying, if, if, if that's your strategy for increasing social media followers, um, it's pricey. It is pricey. So we'll, we'll get them next year. We'll get them next year, team. Uh, I did put a bid, I will say, on a Bankless DAO uh, episode uh, for the, the the most bullish crypto uh, NFT guy in history <laughs> by self-acclaimed Punk6529. And that was a, an interesting episode to listen to, sort of gets the like, you know, the, the rallying cry for N NFTs for life makes some interesting points. Awesome. Well, you know, if, if, if we're obviously quite bullish, but, you know, that guy uh, really puts us to shame in the <laughs> bullishness. I mean, we're, we're doing the podcast during the bear, but, you know, uh, you know, I think we have, 
I mean, I don't know, not that overly optimistic view that uh, he does necessarily. But anyway, why don't we uh, get into the headlines? We got some big things this week. Uh, man, biggest one out there is oh, more marketplace news. I mean, I feel like we've, we've been talking about the marketplace wars for such a long time. And man, Blur keeps stepping it up. They have airdropped their token. Uh, we've seen some pretty massive trading on this, over 500 million trading volume. It's also acted as quite the stimulus. Uh, you know, this is a bunch of, uh, you know, a lot of new tokens, a lot of new token value uh, airdropped into traders' wallets and, you know, NFT traders being the DGENs they are, of course, pumping it right back into the system. Yeah, I think, I don't know if we needed another testament to the power of airdrops, but it's it's still being used and, and pushing in life. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do like how they've done this. 500 million in trading volume in less than 24 hours is... Uh, is a big number. It's a big number. Seriously. Uh, you know, I, I like how they did this in that they, they did this over a course of three months or so. Uh, the actions that, that uh, qualified you for this airdrop, you could buy on the uh, buy on the marketplace. You could list on the marketplace. You could make bids on the marketplace. So it has really gotten people using it in different ways. And it seems like it's more authentic and maybe more sticky uh, in, in terms of people using the, the platform regularly as opposed to just farming the airdrop which we definitely saw with uh the looks rare platform that has you know i'd say struggle i mean new people just volume has mightily struggled since uh those early days of getting token rewards uh for your purchases so other news with blur blur the ceo has also come out and urged creators to block OpenSea. uh this is they're not just before this was open sea more in control and and realizing they could try to dictate the the terms here dictate what's going on with royalties with the creator fee I and mean, with our platform fees um so now uh, blur feel you know, blur has about nearly half of the uh, volume uh, on the nft market uh, across all nft marketplaces at this point they have a much smaller user share so people are trading larger amounts there, but they say, you know, they have a pretty big chunk of the core audience, like the real heavy traders. And, you know, they're, they're throwing that weight around a bit now. You know, we talked recently about how they uh, used the OpenSea, uh, I'm sorry, the Seaport protocol to go around OpenSea's locking of some of their listings. Um, and, you know, they are now also rumored to be valued at about a billion uh, as they are seeking funding, um, you know, as... <laughs> course they are uh a or a fee free marketplace they take zero fees while OpenSea has is, is charging two and a half percent as of now so uh this is you know <laughs> they have to raise some money somehow but this is you know it's big wars we're, we're seeing this go on and on and man this is it's getting interesting here isn't it george yeah i know i know one of our other stories down this list is actually that OpenSea has to respond and has responded by Ooh. dropping their fees to zero percent yes. man we've got breaking news here this is just happening right as we're, we're recording this there's yeah OpenSea has now dropped their fees to zero percent man that that's big news that's you know they, they've messed around with with uh creator fees a lot in the past but actually dropping their own fees to zero. And it's it, it sounds like they are not committing to this long term, but you know, we've, we've talked about this in the past. It's really hard to, to start charging fees after uh, reducing them to zero. 
we saw marketplaces like PseudoSwap. Uh, Looks Ex- Rare did um, some low cost stuff for a while. Right, right. You know, when we've seen even Blur does this on any market or on any collection that has uh, any kind of decent volume on a zero percent fee uh, marketplace, they will also uh, they'll price match and drop their fees as well. So, you know, we we predicted we've talked about how it's it's a race to zero you know when when there is that margin there and man OpenSea going from two and a half percent to zero percent this is significant this is i mean this is big they've taken in over 850 million dollars on those fees in the past i don't know two years or so um so they got to start changing their business model big time here yeah, well, we, we you're right. We have brought it up many times. It's a commoditized market, and it's shocking they were able to ride that long. I'm not quite sure how I feel about the CEO blur calling for like creators to actually like block OpenSea and list only on their platform. Yeah. As you are literally operating in an open decentralized environment, right? <laughs> I'm not sure about the rallying cry. Uh, it, it um doesn't feel right. <laughs> well. Yeah, I think you almost want to let that be OpenSea's, let OpenSea make those those mistakes in a way and be the uh, sort of, you know, Web 2.5 uh, model here and, and try to be, you know, what we're, <laughs> be the right model and, and, you know, be open and allow it, but, you know, just be a better, you know, what we really want is we just want the better marketplace. We want a better experience for users. Yeah, I think the the Sun Tzu adage here is when you find your enemy defeating themselves, don't get in their way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That. (laughs) All right. Now, another big, big marketplace in the NFT space. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I'm already laughing. I'm already laughing. Napster. Yes. Of course. I think they actually have more of a business model than they ever had the first time around. They have bought a uh, Web3 music startup, Mint Songs. Apparently, it is the first, I believe it's the first, It's they, they have a planned acquisition um, spree here. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure what, or I don't know the plan. I just find this really interesting that Napster is actually getting involved with this. And I, you know, when we first talked about them getting involved, I thought this would be a, you know, one time. I don't know, headline and that we would move on and it seems like they really have some some money behind them and are sticking around and making a go at the the, the music nft space which i have said you know we, we you know we saw some some traction towards the end of the year and i have said you know i still think it's going to to be um be a good year for you know on the smaller side I clarified it you know but for for creators and the, the smaller uh, music creators um that may be uh looking at um and just models that don't work well for them. This uh, I find it interesting anyway, and I'm, I mean, I'm keeping tabs on that space. Well, I've got the, a funny history of Napster in like eight bullet points that uh, was was written up by uh, Milk Road. So shout out to that um, that newsletter. But here you go, ready? Okay, media firm called Roxio bought it Napster for 5.3 million in 2002. Then Best Buy bought Napster brand for 121 million in 2008. Rhapsody then. Uh, oh, that's makes right. a deal with Best Buy to acquire Napster subscribers. Rhapsody rebranded to Napster in 2016. Uh, Melody VR buys Napster for $70 million in 2020. Blockchain firm uh, Algorand 
buys Napster in May of 2022. Uh, then a Web3 VC arm, Napster Ventures, in September 2022, bought an ex-Roblox exec on as CEO. They brought that there. And now we have the Mint Songs acquisition uh, fund deal. This thing won't die. I'm just impressed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the start of every great company. The, you know, it's a classic story here. So not surprised. <laughs> but... <laughs> Cinderella story. <laughs> Line it up on the first tee. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Next one, I guess. Here we'll move on. We're moving on to, well, let's let's call this the Super Bowl news. We, we did talk about DigiDigi already, but we've got some other Rihanna news. And this was a headline. I think you called this one, George. The trading of the NFT that was that was promising royalties or, uh, of, or a percent of the royalties from uh, one of her songs. Uh, has now been halted, or the trading has been halted on OpenSea. Not a big surprise there. Pretty clearly a security. <laughs> like, I'm not into securities law, but I can read words in the order in which they've been printed. And if you promise future reward from holding of asset, uh, you've securitized a thing. Yeah, so that's kind of... Yeah, that's kind of clear, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't even try to hide it. Like they didn't even bother to be like, it's a DAO and you get tokens, maybe. Right. You get <laughs> you voting can... rights. <laughs> <laughs> I vote myself some token monies. Okay. All right, we've got Amazon more uh, going more in on Web3. They have invested 20 million in the let's see, super plastic uh project brand I, I do remember this a bit I actually had one of these at some point that i don't i don't know ended up in my wallet um i know they've done a lot of uh partnerships with uh, fashion companies a little surprised to see um amazon in um this one um uh, we did talk about how they uh you know recently filed some patents and seem to be moving into the nft space so worth watching. Yeah, I don't quite understand it. I mean, I remember the super plastics, yeah. you know, it's one of these like, all right, buy a, you know, buy something that already had a footprint in the game. You know, it's certainly a 3D character. So that's something to like keep note of. And, you know, and then potential partnerships maybe with like Epic Games and Fortnite. But like, I have yet to see like the 3D characters turn the corner into anything useful other than overhyped, metaverse seems like an odd odd investment from amazon in that regard it's when it's mostly about i don't know sort of uh brand name now if we were talking moon cats some solid 2d (laughs) multi-color like 17 colors like then you know then you have me this ad brought to you by someone buy my moon cats (laughs) george you've been drinking your starbucks have you got your Starbucks <laughs> NFTs? Ah, look, I am kicking myself for not getting on this. I don't know why. You know, we've been talking about this thing, but these things are selling for thousands. These, these uh, oh, NFTs. Oh, are you kidding me? I can't. I, I still can barely even figure out where they're trading, but, you know, I don't know what they get you. Man, I don't Look, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about companies coming in, you know, experimenting this with this and people actually wanting them. That's awesome. It's, uh, hey, you know, I'm going to become a Starbucks customer because of the NFTs. I don't think that's the route that many people are taking, but I think that might be mine. Well, here's here's some interesting fodder for you, 
Starbucks, now take this with a grain of salt, Starbucks has been known to have estimated a new customer acquisition cost of like over $1,000 to get somebody to become a loyal customer because of the lifetime customer value that they have. And so there is a world, right, where we will come back to where, you know, the B2C marketing game, those dollars transfer interestingly into, heck, we'll straight up have an overpriced NFT for you. And you just drink our overpriced coffee and we all, you know, meet in the middle. So to note, there are no rewards yet for these NFTs. They have been promised. <laughs> I want to be clear. There they is have been no promised. reward waiting so for you. <laughs> when, when someone has spent $1,900, and let's say that you're spending, you know, I don't know. I mean, you got let's say you're spending five bucks a day there. I mean, you really got to hope those rewards are pretty plentiful for, for that to add up. How about hey, this? You know, I'll, holders I like of this it. NFT will get their name spelled correctly on their cups. Oh man! Oh, that's 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 a joke for for, for the insiders, huh? It's a deep cut. <laughs> oh, by the way, still Polygon that uh, Starbucks is building on. That's right. Uh, yeah, Polygon. I love, I love to see that Polygon. All right, and more Polygon. We've got so the words with friends creator is talking has been talking about his new NFT game coming, of course, on. Polygon, he is, he's got a new, I mean, it's NFT based. This is, you know, we have talked, we've talked about how gaming is a big, uh, you know, has such a future in NFT. We've also said how, you know, we expected last year for it to be such a big thing. A long time, we've talked, also talked about the different types of games. And I really still think that it's going to be smaller, addictive games. You know, there's games that are, there's apps games that are doing you know enormous revenue that are in the app store you don't even realize how much they're doing but these little addictive games that get you spending little bits over and over again on your phone are i think such a great way for people to or for games or for companies to break into the space where people are maybe getting to control those assets in a new way um, so I'm excited about this. You know, I, you know, I don't know that he has a formula necessarily, but the, the word, you know, words with friends has certainly been quite popular. And, you know, there does seem to be that the companies that figure out sort of, uh, you know, what the addictive elements are, what those, those sticky elements are to keep people around have been able to repeat that, um, you know, on occasion. Yeah. As I understand it, Wildcard, uh, as you mentioned, is the, mm-hmm. is the company that this is the Web3 tech and it's built on. All roads lead to Polygon. Their vision, according to their white paper, is to create a more direct connection between players and viewers. And so that, like, hopefully that leads to more player view player and people that are watching with the wildcard virtual cards will be able to, with those NFTs, get uh, potential rewards as well. So, you know, it's a, a strong bet on maybe esports. I mean, they've raised $46 million in 2022. <laughs> so there's a... Uh, Going to be some interesting things built there. Maybe, maybe this is the game we've been waiting for. Maybe you challenge me to a game once you uh, get this. All right. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna wash play this thing somehow. And, and... <laughs> I love that wash playing. <laughs> You've heard of wash trading. Now let's wash play the heck out of this. That's right. Volume skyrocket. Grandmothers all over, just waiting for for their chance to. Spend hours earning tokens on, on this new game. I know a Nani or two I could convince <laughs> to do this. Right. 
Uh, so NowsDAO has a new project coming out. They have a NFT comic book series. Uh, this is, we've talked quite a bit about NowsDAO. They have a, a seemingly endless a pile of ETH waiting to be spent. Um, this is, I believe, just I mean, one of the handful of projects they put out the, the glasses before. Um, have you followed along? I know you've been a big Lil Nouns. I'm a, I'm a little nanner. I'm a big, big little nanner. So yeah, have you have you have you been following around uh, along with the news of the nouns doubt with little nouns? You know, have you can you fill us in on what's going on here? Well, I'll say that you know the big the biggest last change was the fact that they stopped this sort of like every 15 minutes in its classical sense and only oh, if it yes, is at yeah. a basement price of 0.15, which I think is very smart and also shows some flexibility rather than being like no, we said it this way and it'll be indefinitely doing this. Because it was just gonna, you know, sort of pollute the water. So that's gonna sort of create that that floor there. I still like little nouns. I'm still holding that with regard to like uh, you know, nouns DAO. Like they are, you know, they make money. They just like they are a project that is somehow got that original authenticity narrative, and then this ability to frankly like <laughs> every day churn out NFTs going for for very high tickets. So uh, I am. I've yet to see a com. I've seen more comic books fail <laughs> than succeed. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know what to, I haven't seen one uh, do it with thousands of ETH. Yeah, right. I, I don't know what um, kind of commercial viability it has, but you know, it is an interesting project. And um, yeah, I mean, you got to spend that ETH in some way, right? So I guess why not try something? <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a whole episode in like you know, 99 ways to spend this ETH to to promote a brand. Like it was like a fun problem to have. I um, somehow miffed though that NFT companies will do things like pay $35 per Twitter followers. So maybe they do need us as advisors. Yeah, right. You like you like that throwback? There you go. There you go. <laughs> deep deep I, yeah, cut on I, current I track. Got it, I got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got one last headline here. Um, so we've got the, let's see, it's the NFT collector personality that goes by the name Cosmo David. DG uh, has at times been rumored to be uh, Snoop Dogg. I, think I thought it was already public that it's Snoop. I thought it was public that it was not. Maybe. Oh, I, really? I don't know. There's so many. How? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, this personality, <laughs> this this person has donated 22 works um, to the to uh, LACMA, the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. There are some very nice pieces in this collection. We're talking about a uh, a CryptoPunk, a, uh, let's see, it's an alien crypto that was donated. Looks like a, uh, a Ringers, one of the uh, early art blocks uh, collections from Dmitry Cherniak. We've got uh, Monica Rizzoli's art blocks piece, Fragments of Infinite Field. Uh, there's some uh, Claire Silver in there. There's, I mean, this is, these are some really... Um, uh, autoglyphs there's an autoglyph in there uh wow yeah these are really really high-end meaningful pieces here um i mean i'm excited about this i mean we talked about the uh, pompadou in paris recently acquiring both an autoglyph and a, a punk and uh that was uh, shortly after a museum in miami had also acquired a punk these were given from yuga you know i don't I don't care how they're they're acquiring them. I I love that there are museums that are, are 
taking care of these things and understanding and, and appreciating these, these, these assets as, as cultural objects. And, you know, maybe we'll get into, into that a little bit more, but this is, this is awesome. I, I'd love to see this. I'm trying to reconcile the thought in my head of actually going to see like a crypto punk displayed <laughs> right? in a museum. And part of me was like, oh man, I'd love to see that, but not like see the, actual art so much as I want to see how they present it and try to present something that clearly is a, you know, uh, a non-fungible digital asset. Yeah. You know, yeah. My, I mean, hopefully it's my, better than Christie's original, um, auction where they had, I think it was little three by five, three inches by five inches pictures posted around on giant walls. I don't understand quite why I guess <laughs> so not, it's not the good. actual pixel size, but you know, they're, uh, there's square pixels. You can make these any size. You know what's? I don't. But yeah, I think there's a lot of ways. I, can to, see I would love your to see frustration, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Since we don't do it uh, of any video here, he's very frustrated. There is clearly wrinkles on his forehead, and he's he's not liking it. He oh, disagrees man. with Christie's oh, choices. Although I want to come back to previous uh, previous plays where we create a nonprofit NFT museum. I think uh, yeah, there's something there. I mean, it's also win. probably a, a good way to draw the ire of uh, the IRS, probably as well. I'm moving to the Bahamas, George. <laughs> Starting that nonprofit, and <laughs> that, that nonprofit NFT museum we've been talking about. Don't so get might... caught there. I've heard it's worth coming back. Uh, all right, I don't have a project. I will shout out. I don't know if you do that. You know, there are still things that I I look at occasionally, like the that bankless the Bankless DAO and they have uh, episodes dropping. I think they're, they'll continue to work on things. There's, uh, you know, interesting points where, you know, Punk 6529 comes on and like that, you know, it minted at, you know, 0.08 and then was immediately going for like 0.5 and above. I mean, the price was bouncing around all over the place. Uh, so there are interesting opportunities, um, I think, with uh, inside of that. And... I don't know, beyond that, like Mooncats won't like go over under 0.3 ever. And I kind of watched those. We joked a little while back. Uh, God, it kind of drives me a little, a little nuts. But, you know, we were joking about the Trump digital cards. Uh, the floor price on those being uh, 0.6 is, uh, is awesome. Uh, really confusing. Uh, however, not when you're like, all right, there is a tribe of human beings that go after this. Um, so there's um, there are definitely opportunities out there. How many do you have of those anyway? The Trump trading cards? <laughs> Zero. I wouldn't. I couldn't let them hit my wall, but I was watching them. I was like, if I, I'll check your wall. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Our theme our theme today. So we talk about brands, right? We were just talking about how Starbucks is, you know, able to be like commanding these NFTs. Nike is probably the leader right now for the most successful uh, series of NFT, at least profits. You know, at one level, um, this may have been a, a bit of a, a feast and famine moment where there were a lot of brands running to do this and like whether or not they are now, or this is like, Oh, after the fact, they're kind of taking their foot off the gas pedal. I'm, I want to have this discussion about why it matters that 
they're getting into it. Are they still getting into it? Or does it look like, you know, when you have MasterCards, head of NFT, like <laughs> project canceling on them, being like, yeah, now we're out of here. Um, is this passing? Do we still see momentum in there from from what you see? And and also I'm curious because you're going to ETH Denver and there, um, you know, I feel like there's like a little bit of NFT narrative there um, or maybe not. So what what is your take here? Well, to be to be seen on, on you know how much NFT influencer is at ETH Denver, um, you know I think I think there's a growing influence. In, you know we've talked about this a little bit. How I I, I see a growing influence of NFTs in the in the crypto space, um, how it's being taken more seriously, maybe by by companies. Um, one thing that I've looked at recently are uh, you know some research on companies on DeFi companies that have released nfts and you know this is something that i would say is a great reason for companies to stick around and, and to keep building and, and to to even release their own nft projects this is that these are DeFi companies want the people that uh hold those nfts once they bought the nfts their the their trading volume on these DeFi platforms just skyrocketed. I mean, almost so many of them were not active at all. But once they had that NFT, you can see that they started using those platforms. They started, you know, I mean, using it heavily. And you know, this is I think it, it's it's part of building a connection that goes beyond what you get when you're just connecting to a site and even holding tokens. I mean, we've talked about how there's there's so much more to NFTs. There's something that that the companies can learn about about their their users that that goes beyond just the tokens. I mean, you can see how what people are interested in. You can also you get a. I think you're probably getting a more dedicated user for the most part. Somebody that does want to hold that NFT. Um, at times, you know, I think there's we see there's companies even experimenting with with the benefits of holding these. You know, when we're talking about DeFi companies, there's there's options for for token gating. There's options for giving um, extra rewards, discounts, and I think that's, you know, those are the advantages that you're seeing right now. I know that you've, you've got a lot of ideas, uh, you know, that, that you've sketched out here and, you know, that this is just one of the things that I see, you know, it's, it's the ones that are experimenting with this stuff early that I think will, will come out um, ahead once, <laughs> once everybody realizes what's going on. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious as you get into ETH Denver and looking at the sponsors uh this is something that punk 6529 was talking about saying that we're seeing brands beyond just technical jumping into what looks like on the surface a technical platform and in the points that he made and one that struck me was about how you have like dolce and gabbana getting in on some of these technical conferences you don't see like dolce and gabbana you don't see tiffany's going ape at an Oracle conference, right? You don't see them at a, you know, Python, you know, gathering of like folks talking about code. And I think that says a lot because it is the social layer that is now customer facing when you're looking at NFTs. It is the part that now is closer to the tip of the spear with regard to consumer value. And I think brands have really taken a note to that. And so I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing like, all right, who is there that is like, wait a minute, why are, why are you here? Uh, because this is Ethereum, which is, you know, the, 
infinity machine here, right? Like it, it's supposed to be uh, blockchain code based, but it's actually doing a lot more as a as a result of, of NFTs, I think. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very curious to see who shows up, you know, we're, you know, I start about the bit about the DeFi companies. I think you're right that this is, you know, it's a social layer. It's it's a bit of a cultural layer. And I, you know, that's a lot of mm, what we've talked yeah. about when we've talked about the art in the space in that when you see big transformations and you see big, big changes, you know, one of the things that, that usually goes along with that is a big change in art. And that's, you know, why, uh, at least why I've been so interested in, in the NFT art side of this and the crypto art um, aspect of this, because there is such a, the art is so reflected by what's going on in the, the technical, the digital nature of these things. And it is, there's a cultural reflection here. The, the brands that are paying attention, the ones that are paying attention, especially when, you know, maybe things are, things are not going especially well when the money isn't just, you know, when the lines aren't just going up when the money isn't just flowing in, you know, I think these are the ones that will learn learn what what this is really about and get the respect of the people that are around right now we are definitely cycling cycling through both companies and people and it means a lot to the people that are around to see uh, to see companies investing i don't just mean in money but like investing and in, in being interested and in helping to build what's coming next uh, you know and i think that's that's why it's important i think those are the ones that are going to come out with a huge advantage and I don't, I don't want to just say it's about just the future, but you know, we are a bit in, it's not the best of times, you know, and, and we know there's, there's so much coming in there, you know, ahead. <laughs> no, it is not the best of times. Uh, and there are a lot of sword of Damocles types of legislation going on right now. And I think that is probably one of those things that is, slowing uh, adoption at a corporate level. But I think there is a sort of fiscal gravity. And what do I mean by that? I mean, that's like, because if you are a big brand, and your job is to monetize that brand, increase the value to your stakeholders. Well, guess what, this is a medium that I think you're going to have to play in because there is value to be unlocked there if you're able to bring your brand to play and unlock that revenue stream and your goal is to unlock revenue streams so i feel like pandora's box has been opened even though we're in a bear market for these very brand first companies i also have another point to build on here which is that you're opening up to like engaging fans in a new way we talked about that before and in that, you know, <laughs> maybe you can get your name spelled right at Starbucks as a, as a joke, but mm -hmm. those NFTs allow this different medium to converse with, uh, with fans and then build on that brand loyalty. Anybody with a loyalty card for, you know, the sandwich shop, like, oh my gosh, talk about a actual technical solution to, to doing that and promoting brand loyalty. Cause that is just the sort of transference of, uh, a discount or value to B2C in the form of marketing, right? I'm giving away my 10th sandwich. I'm giving you 750 after you have done these sort of things. The medium of NFTs easily allows that type of tracking in a technical way. Nothing against the card that is currently disintegrating in my wallet, <laughs> disappearing right now. I think there is something against that one, actually. 
Oh, actually, yes, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think a big part of this really is so much of the experimentation here because, you know, I think we really don't know exactly what the, the biggest hits are going to be. We have seen, I mean, when you look at what have been the winners, how many of these can fully be predicted? You know, I think we're, we know that we know that so many of the, the big projects have been dominated by, by Yuga Labs. And then, you know, I, I think that we are still figuring this out. And I think that's, I think there are companies looking at this, like there are still home runs to be hit here. Like we maybe haven't even seen the biggest part. You know, there are these little things, there's the marketing, there's the, the getting these connections. And I think there's, there's still, there's still some, some really big wins to be had. And I don't think those are going to happen without experimenting right now. It's, so much easier right now it's i mean when you look at the space it's so much quieter than it was i mean there's there's news happening but there's just a lot it's if you have something worth looking at it's actually easier to get attention right now than it was at, at the height of the nft boom that's a huge point that's a huge point to be building now when the the volume on the stuff is low and, and there are still very much collectors out there you know more active wallets uh, simply means there there are opportunities to, you know, showcase your creativity and reach that new audience because that's also what you're doing. Like I think if, you know, of the the services that I use um, in IRL, like if if there was, you know, as funny as it may seem, like the the restaurant or bagel shop or whatever that like rolled out an NFT, I, like I would I would laugh about it, but then I'd be like, no, but I'm actually going to go there because this is a fun interaction. You kind of absolutely. Are, like joking around with me in the same way, in the same way that we saw, you know, those of you around when the social media came out and suddenly like taco trucks started tweeting, you're like, oh, there's a deeper brand connection. Isn't that funny? I'm following around where this pop up, whatever is going to be. I, I think this is, um, how many t-shirts do people have of bars and <laughs> you know, taco places? Uh, and then I think there's fun with collaboration with artists. It's just so much easier to do that in this case. You know, the fact that, you know, Nike has in the past collaborated with people to create shoes. I mean, you're wearing a pair of Beats headphones, right? That are artist collabs, but it takes so much, you know, to do that when you're in a consumer brands business, but not if you are a brand who then can partner with uh, a ferocious to do a certain type of event and art drop and, and connect on that level. And so I think this is hopefully also a boon for, for artists in that, uh, in those partnerships. Um, yeah. I mean, Hey, those partnerships could be huge to artists, uh, especially, you know, maybe in downtime. So, Hey, that's, that, that part's great, great as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then I have a final point here about just sort of like future brand defense, especially if you are a big brand, like we were talking about Hermes yeah. last week, right? Just last week that if you are a big brand with big value, it is kind of like, you know, almost playing domain defense. Like, did you mm -hmm. buy all of the URLs kind of thing for, for your brand? And have you claimed your, you know, physical position in a digital landscape by saying, this is the nft of whatever it is there's only going to be 10 of them fine but that is like you have sort of set a set an anchor point and i think there's a, a little bit of like eh, we kind of have to because someone else might ruin our reputation right think about how messy hermes now has it to like try to launch something yeah no i, I think that's a huge thing and i think there are enough companies that have the memory of not acting fast enough on 
on dot com um, era technology um, and are are thinking about that that's still that's still in their minds and are you know maybe uh, more um, open to to the new ideas here, not just shutting them down and realizing it's a whole lot easier to stake a claim early than to go fight for it in court later on. Totally. I mean, you don't even have to go to dot com. Remember, like the amount of brands that missed out on their Twitter handles or, or other addresses. That's, you know, that's kind of real. And I think it's a big thing also spurring on the dot ETH rally, uh, the dot ETH addresses mm-hmm. and uh, ENS names. They're like, ah, boy, that's going to be the one. Okay, well, guess what? The next layer on that is what is the visual identity that you have parked and owned as your style? Um, so I think there's a lot there. And that is why, you know, I would say I'm still bullish long term, still able to find the energy to <laughs> talk about all about affordable NFTs. Um, all right, those are my points. So uh, what what company you surprised hasn't jumped into NFTs yet. Is there any that come to mind? Or are there any that come to mind? A company that I am surprised hasn't jumped on NFTs, and this is like unimaginative, but Tesla, frankly. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty freaking shocked. And then uh, I really think like the, any meme stock that hasn't done it, I'm, I'm just, I'm at a loss. I don't understand because you're, your stock is already trading on mean value. I think it's time to bring that brand and just be like, here's your, you know, here's how you support it and just like do that as a as a revenue generating joke. Yeah, there you go. I, I think those are good ideas, you know. Um, so what about you? I mean, was it, was there something in your mind? You're like, why, you know, why hasn't Taco Bell gone all in on? Um, you know, I, I think airlines are, are where I'm looking. Uh, I would really like to see it. I'm not surprised that they'd be hesitant to it because they are such uh, uh, loyalty programs are such a big business. But that's also why I, uh, I well, I, I've, I've seen, I think, one airline in maybe in Turkey that has started experimenting with this. I think that that is I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to somebody doing that in a I don't know, maybe a domestic airline here at least so I can experiment with that. I think that's, that's a huge opportunity. I, I feel like this could be a whole other podcast. Like I think airline industries and also the credit card points, right? Like the whole ecosystem of points. Like I think they want to stay as far away from the blockchain as humanly possible. Because the fact that that is just like completely unregulated, like actual money, that is actual money, quite literally, I can turn it into money, but it's just, can't be taxed, not really tracked, and it just floats out there as a way of companies to just play with. Yeah, I don't know if they're itching for uh, for transparency on that front. I don't know if I am. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's that's a good point. And I also think that there's yeah, there's a huge opportunity there. It's such a you know, it's a digital asset, um, and people are so used to it. It seems right for uh, for some. Uh, for some change, and, and, and I'd love to see NFT uh, adoption there. All right. Well, uh, I think this has been uh, a refreshingly more bullish and upbeat uh, episode. Uh, leave us a review if you feel like it. Even if you don't, go ahead, leave that review. Uh, all right, Andrew, <laughs> we'll see you next time. All right. Good talking, George.
This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.